Okay, um, hope you're well. Thanks for downloading the podcast. You poor misguided people. You've come back for more nonsense, so thank you very much. And also thank you for downloading the first one. And the feedback from the first one was both flattering and very funny. So thank you very much for that. Um, This week I'm speaking with Nigel Winship. Nigel is a uh, friend and colleague. He's someone I admire hugely. Co-founder of a startup called People Matter, which I'm involved in. Some of you may have heard me talk about People Matter over the last year or so. A fully funded startup that is developing a platform and an application uh, focused on workplace wellbeing and the mental health challenges that, that come along with that. Nigel explains the product in, in more detail, more eloquently than I in the main body of the of the podcast, so I won't I won't go over that at this point. Um, we talk about the product, we talk about mental health in general, our own mental health and, and how the workplace is changing um, the challenges and the stress that is placed on many of us from a professional and, and therefore personal perspective. Um, we also talk about AI, which is at, at the very heart of the product and how that may change um, individual society, workplaces in the future. Nigel has actually previously started up a couple of other startups and sold them successfully. So he has some really interesting personal and professional insight into the process to go through there. And I, I think some of you might find that quite interesting. We also talk about music, sport and ballet, uh, interestingly. So the conversation took some lovely turns and meanders on that. A little bit of housekeeping. Um, this time recording on my headphones directly into my microphone. Nigel and I spoke with an open mic in my office at home, so there's a slight sound difference between the two, so just to make you aware of that. I've tried to keep it to a minimum, but there might be a little uh, difference. So, I'll stop talking now, come back to you at the end, and here we go. Okay, so we are on Galpa Coffee. Galpa Coffee. <coughs> Sorry. Um, as normal, who are you? And, and today, what are you, do- what are you doing <laughs> in my office? At my house. Taking a trip out into the wild, <laughs> down to Dorchester. Yeah, so my name's uh, Nigel Winship, and um, I'm the founder of People Matter Technology Limited, which I've been doing for about a year now. Um, the business was founded in January, and uh, we're, in the, we're in the mental health uh, wellness space. And yeah, it's really exciting. It's, it's probably the most exciting thing I've done professionally I would say mm. um, got a fantastic team you have together and uh, yeah no, it's really it's really cool so um, I, I speak to a lot of the guys who listen to this um, and uh, quite regularly and a, a, a lot of the people who are listening to this will know a little bit about my involvement in people matter and what we're looking to do but it's always good um, and a lot of the people on, uh, who are listening to this have real personal or and or professional and normally both um, uh, interests, for want of a better word, in mental health of themselves and their families and and their their, their colleagues. So I, I think it's it's going against the going against form. Talk talk a little bit about the product, I think, yep. and and what started, and then we'll we'll let the conversation <coughs> ride off about the everything else. So if you want to just say a little bit about <coughs> what we're about and what the product's yeah, about. Yeah, sh- sure. Um, so uh, I guess the, proj- the, the the product had a fairly geeky genesis. Um, I've, I've been involved in tech, technology, um, building my own sort of companies for probably the last 15 years or so. Um, and 
I saw some stuff last year that was the use of um, AI or machine learning to look at electronic communication to help people be more productive and to help people um, navigate a really full load of things that were coming at them, be they messages or whatever. And I, I looked at that and thought, that, that's quite cool, but isn't, isn't there a better use that you could make of that type of analysis? So it, it started from that perspective, which was yeah. fairly geeky, and me looking at a piece of technology actually from IBM and saying, that's interesting, but surely you could do more with it. So you've got a geeky background, right? I... Because you, because sorry, I'm interrupting, but one of the things that I admired about you is that you're not like a lot of these people on LinkedIn who call themselves an entrepreneur or futurist, but you, you have what set up and sold a couple of businesses. Yeah, right? yeah. what's so quite interesting about my tech technology geekiness is I'm not a, a programmer or a coder, so yeah. I've never so I've never been the sort of person that would buy a car and look at the open the bonnet and say, yeah. "Oh, that's really interesting," <laughs> um, or want to take stuff apart. Yeah. Or that's not me. Yeah. But I'm really interested in gadgets and things and how they can change people's lives. So how you can apply technology, and I've always had the ability to, I guess, look at things and see. See, see applications for stuff that maybe other people hadn't seen. Mm -hmm. I guess. So and that's where people now. That's where the idea came from. That's so where the so the, 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 the idea came from. Looking at a piece of technology from IBM and thinking, this is quite in interesting. How you can take electronic communication data and analyze it yeah. and give people something back. Yeah. But the the thing back that IBM was giving and still is with their product that's called Watson Workspace, I think, is if you've got a really full inbox or you've got lots of messages happening or you're out of the office for a day or a week yeah. and you you come back in and you want to see what the themes are yeah. of things yeah. it can help you do that so we've taken that concept and said actually we can look at that same communication footprint or the, the breadcrumbs that you leave behind electronically and look at that and look for signs of burnout or signs of of when you're in flow as well so um at the end of last year, I met up with um, Amy King, and Amy for, is now uh, is a key part of People Matter and is, is, the, is the research director. So she had also, and this is where I guess luck and serendipity play a part, is she was already working on um, a framework where you could look for, for, for burnout. And um, we've developed that framework, which we now call Peak. And that's what underpins the technology. So um, that is, I think, quite powerful. And actually, yeah. I read something last week that this is the new way that AI is going to go, and it's going to be called XAI, which is expert AI. So you're you're applying expert yeah. knowledge, yeah, and you're using that knowledge to train the to train the machine effectively. So you're not just randomly looking for stuff; you're looking for a defined set of things based on expert knowledge. So that's what we're doing with People Matter. We've got a defined framework mm. that is um, based on very established behavioural science. And um, Amy, this is right, right? She's a behavioural scientist yeah. as well, by qualification yeah. trained in that. Yeah, absolutely. She's going to be. I'm going to get her on here. Excellent. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so we've taken we've taken that, yeah. and we've applied that to work-based communication, and we're and we're effectively building models that can that can look for look for signs of burnout. Now we're fo we're focusing that 
on the individual and the benefit to the individual. I think yeah. that's quite key. Yeah. So off the back of that, there's all sorts of stuff around privacy and security sure. and trust mm. and the ethical use of this tech. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, some of the early feedback that we got uh, said that you can't do this because it's too... You, you'll never be able to win because of trust to do this. So, so and we, and, and you don't want to go down to Facebook and Google, which, <coughs> which is, well, we're not going to tell you. And, and then when it's too late, you'd be so addicted and certain from a want of a better word, type technology that you, you won't do anything about it anyway, right? So, I mean, it, we took a real, it, you know, this is part of the, the, this is the less glamorous side of starting a company that people sometimes don't see. You know, we, we went and applied for a, to join a, an innovation campus in Southampton. Mm. We got in and it wasn't quite what Amy and I were expecting. We sat in front of six old white blokes yeah. um, who basically absolutely ripped it to shreds for yeah. the idea and said, this will never work. Yeah, and that was team. it. Thanks, yeah. thanks, goodbye. You know, and I, you know, I didn't, didn't speak for a couple of days after that and it was just really, you just think, is this really going to work? But then yeah. you pick yourself up and you go and talk to some more people and, and I, I'm more convinced than ever now that that we're onto something in terms of building technology that's really going to change people's lives, and that's why I said up front that this is the most exciting thing I've ever done because yeah. it's 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 something that um, has you know, has the potential to really impact people. So yeah, I mean, it does seem to have never thought of that way. Those those kind of old white men who somehow manipulate themselves into a position where they can make decisions on future tech and I can't imagine workplace well being the top of their list where they were making their money mm. um, but interestingly the people who funded it are high net worth individuals who are at, at a FTSE not a FTSE company but they're a big company right, yeah. in, the, in the city so they must have seen something in it that yeah that so, we're, so, so our, our initial seed funding so moving on from that initial uh, dip that we had to start with, and that um, we've we've gone out and got got some seed funding from, as I say, from three guys who work um, for the, the world's biggest sports sports data company. Interestingly, mm. so they're yeah. they're a data business, data business yeah. um, and yeah. uh, they really believe in what we're doing. We've got the the group um, the group HR director and the chief operating officer now sitting on the board or we're having our first board meeting with those guys in a couple of weeks mm -hmm. so it's just it, it was important obviously to get some funding but it was important to get the right yeah, people. people involved really early on and I've had a little bit of experience of working in the VC world <laughs> and it wasn't great <laughs> <have to> say. <laughs> so, so so that's interesting right so so this is the most exciting thing you've done but you've done other stuff so we'll come back to the, the people matter in this in in a bit because I think um, well like I said a lot, a lot of the guys listening to this would have, would have heard you bang on about it but so what else did you do so so before people matter so, so what other stuff I did you do? so I started off working when I graduated I went and worked in London worked in banking um, for a few years in on the on the tech side um, on the sort of business analysis systems analyst side mm. um, got quite unhappy actually being in London and decided to move, I grew, grew up in Weymouth so I decided to move back uh, nearer to home and I got a job working for Barclays and Poole oh, yeah, which I really, looking back, I was really happy yeah. and I 
walked to, I lived in Baker Park, I don't know what it's called, yeah. and I walked into work, and I worked with a fantastic team, I worked for a brilliant guy called Ian Taylor, who was fantastic bloke, um, and I basically got the offer to double my salary to go and do a consultant. Yeah, okay. When, when you're sort of in your, I don't know, how old I was then, but early 30s. Mm get a bit blinded by it really so I was like <laughs> and I, li- I remember it to this day I remember going the first what, second week with this new job I remember driving I had to drive to Swindon thinking what have I done Christ, what, a bike. Yeah. what have I d- what and you sort of get go through that and but from that yeah. that was the genesis of me setting up first thought which was my which was my first business sure so I, when I was working at the tail end of my time at Barclays I was I implemented a, t- a process management technology yeah. which became the new thing yeah um, and I went and I was contracting, um, ended up contracting at IBM Herbley, which is their big innovation lab just outside Winchester. And uh, I took what, with hindsight, was quite a brave decision. It didn't seem very brave at the time, but I decided um, I'd just, just got married, Sue and I just got married, and I basically said, look, I want to create first thought as a proper consultancy so it was just me as a contractor yeah. my contracting vehicle yeah yeah pre ir 55 days yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. you know but it was okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so okay uh, uh, you say okay to fiddle with tax man yeah well it, it was just <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was just you know what everyone you know the way of working of being a contractor basically so i um i said i'd like to create a proper consultancy and i'd like to i'd like to take a year to do that yeah which i did i got a little office in ringwood stopped working as a con- as a contractor mm-hmm. and I started to try and build first thought as a as a proper consulting business mm-hmm. and right towards the tail end of that year um, we got a couple of extra pe- new people onto the team um, and uh, we won a contract with Barclay card to implement a new credit card system for their Italian operation okay. credit card processing yeah, yeah. so again I look back and think how did we how did we manage to pull that off yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And all of a sudden, it went yeah. from me in a little room, in yeah. a little office in Ringwood, going, "I'd really like to create a company." To we had eight people, and I remember walking into Bar- I think Barclay Card in Northampton, there's this big glass yeah. building. Yeah. Yeah. I walked in, and I saw all these people sat that were first thought people working on this project, and I was like, and, yeah. that, and that happened, you know. And then that business I ran for ten years, and, and we ended up selling that to an American company called Rogan Technologies based in Atlanta. Okay. So uh, I, uh, their European operation was based in Swindon. So I spent a couple of years working, um, working for Liaison, yeah. running their um, consulting division in Europe. Um, but then I just sort of got the itch to do my own and to move my own destiny. Yeah. And in my, see, uh, this is interesting to see because I, 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 at the moment, Actually, in that sort of tone, I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything worse, I think, than starting, starting off again, starting my own business off again. And, and not that I did massively before, but in the early days of the agency that I used to, you know, there was only two or three of us and we just, you know, got on with it. Um, it's it's, but I think it's I think difficult. Yeah. I, I, yeah it's I, hard and I've done it with, it, I found it difficult with people myself, I'll say. Yeah. So, yeah, I, so yeah, I, you know, yeah. I've got a little... Um, yeah. hot desk in this workspace yeah. and I literally go in there and sit down and I'm probably
be the oldest person in there. I was going to say, you've got to, no, no, you've got to get a bigger beard, tighter jeans. You've got to walk with a, with a, have a bit of an attitude. You know, so, yeah. but, but not everyone but knows that. There's also an element of it's it's amazing that the, the early stages of the business are, are in some ways the most fun bit. Yeah, sure. And the sort of just being slightly underestimated are quite nice as well. Oh, I like that. And you I've sort of go in there and you think, that. and you think, you know, you sit there and you think, yeah, I'm creating something that could be this amazing thing, and people just don't know that. And it's quite nice in a way, just to. But I've done. I've I've had to do that again and again through my life, really, and and you know, new things. And sometimes that's come off the back of. You know, so after after first lot, I did a couple of other bits. Mm that didn't work out mm. and then I ended up working for a company called Orbital and um, I, ran, I ran that business for three years mm. and then and then we sold that business to a to a VC and that was you know financially that was the most lucrative thing I've done <laughs> but the guys that bought us you know it wasn't um, necessarily the right way no, they weren't the really way. people that I would want to have a long-term career with. <laughs> you can say they that. Were like arsehole, 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 arsehole. There's different, you can say I mean, there's different types of VCs. Not all VCs no, are the same. No, but the, quite. Yeah, these, yeah. these were the, yeah. were the absolute, you know, uh, spreadsheet. You know, everything is built off a spreadsheet. Yeah. And, um, so, but it's but after that, I had to start again. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And um, and I went and worked for a for a graph-based company, and that didn't really work out. But I met some great people. So Brian, Dr. Brian Healy, who's our um, sort of chief data scientist, he's a man. So I met Brian at Cambridge. Did you? So, I wouldn't, so yeah. I wouldn't have. So you know, there's all these things that happen as you sort of go through, and you think some some of it wasn't the most positive, but you end up meeting, meeting people along the way. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's true. That actually, some of the, some of the worst jobs, projects, environments I've worked in, I've met people that have become really good friends many many of which you know I've hopefully you listen to this say um, yeah in, in really dark moments when you think this is just not going to happen but hey if you dodge it out you do find you do hang on to each other in little ways which takes us back to it's funny you say that we will come on to sport right in a yeah. bit but it's funny you say oh I like being underestimated I was thinking <laughs> there you go from <laughs> a Bournemouth fan there you go right you see you you, you make you clearly making really good um, like, the, like Bournemouth making a really good career out of being underestimated until you're not underestimated anymore and people yeah. take, well, take you seriously. I, mean, right? I started off, or oh, I still am, a, a Weymouth fan, so sure. I grew up in Weymouth. Graham Roberts, you see. Yeah, Graham Roberts. Yeah. So that was, so the first season I started watching Weymouth was in 1980s and I did move to Weymouth from uh, Basingstoke, where yeah. I was born, and my dad took me to football mm. and we moved in January and I remember it and Graham Roberts was in the side at yeah. that point and um, we sold him to Spurs and within about I don't know how long it was but it seemed like a year or so he was playing for England yeah and I remember being on holiday in a, a holiday camp <laughs> and we were like all crowded around this little telly watching and it's like it's a Weymouth player playing for England it was just like That's this amazing it? thing yeah it's great yeah oh blimey yeah that Weymouth had some amazing players I mean Tony Garner went on to play for Sheffield United yeah. Watford yeah. Andy Townsend played for Aston Villa and the, the English Irishman yeah, uh, always laugh when he's on the radio or on the telly. Yep. He he says he's got he's got quite quite Cockney <laughs> accent. And he's like when we at the Republican of Ireland. It's like when Jack Shaw was just pulling in everybody who uh, had been to Dublin once. And just pulling in. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. We were talking about we'll talk a little bit more about sport in a bit. Yeah. Some people 
love the football. Some people. Not so, okay. not so much. It's cool. It's fine. We talk, we talk, we talk about it. When the gym was on a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Man holding talking about Man United. Yeah. So, uh, um, so you you talked about um, how hard it is to to start, and I know it's about some exposure. That's I know how hard it is. Well, actually, I know how hard it is to be an agency, be a, be a relatively small agency trying to punch above your weight. I work, you know, the guys I work with now, the, the clients I work with now, we, you know, we're all of a similar mindset. They're all of a similar ethical, moral drive, yeah. which is great. So, you know, I don't think any of them have got any ambitions to be a hundred strong pe- uh, group of people churning out rubbish. I think they want yeah. they want they want to maintain autonomy because I think you lose that when you when you're under pressure to grow fast and you're under pressure. Yeah. If you do, you inevitably you lose your quality. And I suppose it's subconsciously banging on about me a bit I think that's probably where I am I don't want to I don't want to take on a ridiculous amount of work you know I'm really proud of the fact I don't work with dickheads I don't think any of my clients are um, they might think I am sometimes I think but <laughs> I'm sure surely, not. surely they do surely. <laughs> I'm sure um, uh, y- sometimes you know what we, it would be a good tool a good tool for email would be you get sent the email but you also get sent the ghost outline of what they wrote before yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. change their mind yeah. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. a bad reason because um, uh, I think that if, I, if I did more and if I, did, if I worked with people I didn't necessarily get on well with and didn't respect the quality of the work would be worse I think and did you find that as you were growing um, the businesses and you were working maybe <coughs> bigger clients and clients on the other side of it who the clients didn't care as much about the business they were working for. Does that make I sense? I think it's, um, so I think with People Matter, I've been very lucky to get a really good group of people together. Mm. Um, so I think that you, when you have that, um, you know it. Yeah. And you can, you, you know, so that accounts for a lot. I think the previous stuff I've done, I think, um, yeah, there's been people that, that I've worked with that I've just thought no this isn't right and it's I remember but when we did first talk we had I went through four or five different sales directors yeah. <coughs> and it's just really difficult to get somebody that really you know that believed in the ethos of what we were trying to do and did things in the right way I think sales is one area that is particularly difficult for us can be difficult in a, in a sort of startup entrepreneurial context because you've got you know behaviours from salespeople are often quite interesting because you've got to be a little bit bullshit and you've got to be a little bit yeah. you can't be too pushy and you can't be um, so I think that's it's an interesting area but I think and I definitely noticed it when when we sold Orbital and when we sold First Thought things definitely changed and actually mm. I think li- liaison who bought First Thought you know were a really good company and they're still interestingly there's a couple of guys that were in my team there that, that are still at liaison so um, you know they had a really a really good ethos Le- less so with the business that bought Orbital yeah. and that dissipated quite quickly I think once um, the team sort of dissipated quite quickly after, after we'd sold, sold the business so you know that's just part of it I guess I mean it's one, one, one thing I've seen is that um, you can hide certain drivers in a business for so long so if you're if you're a MD or you are a sales director or you're a developer, 
that says one thing but actually believes another, there's, there's, you can get away with it for so long. You might even be able to get away with it for a few years. But eventually, inevitably, when the pressure's on, or when things aren't going quite as smoothly, it, it comes out. And, and that's when people go, oh, actually, hold on a second, this is not what I thought I was buying into. And then the good people start to disappear and fly yeah. off and set up their own thing in many ways yeah. and, and start again. And I've seen that quite a bit. So it's interesting you say that, that similar in a, in a kind of product startup role. And everyone's, I think it's fair <coughs> to say, isn't it? We talked about this before we started. It seems to me that everyone involved in people matter, but at a certain stage, have been burned. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. they're not going into this um, business or this product or this environment um, with blinkers on. They're very, and, and, to me that, and that's an important thing. It's, it's it? definitely important. And I think the more, the older you get and the more you do, mm. the less you have to hide behind. You have to put up, a, I feel personally, the less of a front I have to put up. Yeah, I definitely feel that now. And yeah. I just, you know, I, I'm quite happy to say there's, it's been some bits of the last year have been horrendous you yeah. know and you sort of genuinely can't sleep at night because you get such awful feedback from a group of yeah. supposed experts in startups and yeah. you actually look back now and you think that's quite horrendous because yeah. they were wrong yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's how i feel about it now yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's, it's it's difficult but it's difficult when you're doing an idea that is a little bit different yeah. and is a little bit out there yeah. and you know people are just interestingly I've started to spot more things that are, are sort of on the same lines as what people matter are doing. Yeah. But that's only literally in the last sort of three or four months that yeah. those things have started to come to light. So you think we are on the right track. Yeah. But we were, we're quite early in terms of what, what we're doing, um, in terms of um, sort of commercial applications of this type of tech. So it, 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 the, the, the without getting too geeky, the ability mm. to do this exists. Yeah. That's the bit that I sort of identified and thought this can, you know, if you can look at a group of lead communication data and you can prioritise that between them, mm. you can look at it and work out if they're, how they, you know, if, if they've been burnt out in the last, in that period of time as well. So it's, a, it's you know, in that perspective, it's very similar and the tech exists to do that. Um, but just the commercial instantiation of that hasn't, is what is happening at the moment, I think. I'm definitely seeing it myself, and actually, it's interesting. You, you talk about um, not giving a fuck, as much, and I certainly <laughs> don't. As much, as much, you know, I wish, I wish I cared. Um, uh, and I care, care. I, I do. Care, I care what people that I respect think of me, right? I, I care about that. But generally, I'm not really that bothered. And I do, I do see um, bandwagon jumping in some some cases. And I'm not saying that's necessarily happening with some of the products in, in the markets we're talking about. Um, but there are, uh, and I know LinkedIn is basically Alan Partridge, right? <laughs> but in, in, in digital manifestation. But I do see people on there who I think are jumping on the bandwagon. And I think, as an example, there was somebody who shall remain nameless who. Um, there was a call for speakers. I've said this to a couple of guys at this piece who might be listening. There was a call for speakers um, uh, in terms of a uh, event that was talking about empathy, humanity, humility within tech. Yeah. Broadly within tech um, uh, and within business generally. And um, 
got to call out mistakes and one guy who I'm thinking of um, answered it and said um, yeah I'm happy I've been working with paper and I, I can have a, I can give you a talk on um, how you can use humility empathy and compassion there, there might be the three things yeah. but as a commercial advantage and, and I was just like no no okay yeah. put it to one side that might <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah it's but difficult. for me I was like no 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 I don't know I, I was going to say something on this and I thought no don't 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 get involved just don't deal with that person don't have any involvement and 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 but, but people will work work with these type of guys and they will but to me that was just like well that's not actually what I want to be about was a few years ago I would have gone oh yeah I'm going to get involved in that yeah no but it's it, it, it's about being being authentic and I think that's what um, you know is really interesting about the team at Peacemaster I think everyone really believes in what we're doing yeah. and we're doing it for the right reasons and we're doing it to help the individual yeah. not necessarily to help the corporation yeah. but yeah, yeah, helping yeah. the individual will help the corporation because yeah. people are happier at work they're less burnt out that has big benefits to the company yeah. but I think where we're slightly different in our positioning as it's, as it's now forming is we're not selling necessarily HR directly. No, we're selling sure. to the in, to the individual to say you can have something in your life that's a little bit of tech that really helps you yeah. understand how you interact with, with your work environment and will ultimately make you make you happier and you know more fulfilled at work. And that and that that is quite a different sort of message we're putting out message yeah, to corporate right. land. Yeah, yeah, and there are signs. Yeah, the, the, uh, uh, Damien at Experience UX, he um, shared uh, a slide a while ago actually that said, um, it, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, it, um, things like, the thing is UX is absolutely supported until, well like shareholder value comes in, right? Is it, that point, and, and that's a challenge, right? Because cause we all know, the more user research you do that you could design for a customer and in, in a human individual you get better returns it's just a natural treat people with respect and give them what they need and you'll get it and, and i think that's a challenge as well right is oh yeah yeah we care about our staff we care about our staff i was telling you about an example earlier right yeah. we care about our staff caring about our staff um i hold on a minute um the consult management consultants have come in they've got spreadsheets cut yeah chop yeah, yeah, yeah. We do care about our staff, but our share price is going through the roof now because we've made a commitment. Yeah, um, and that's that's something we've got. To, I think yeah. that's something we've got to get. Over. Anyway, I think sorry. So I'm going back to your examples quickly. I think yeah, yeah. because there is good, it does make good business sense to be more empathetic and kinder. Yeah, I can see how you could sort of twist that round and start to phrase that in the wrong way or use yeah. it with the wrong. You know, if you get a group of alpha males. And all of a sudden, they're thinking about being kind. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. It is a good thing. Is it? Generally, it's yeah. kindness as a. It's the motivation. That's uh, it's the maybe that's why it's the motivation. It's the motivation, but the and it's in a way it's similar to people matter. We there is massive corporate benefit to what we're doing, and it will massively impact the bottom line of companies if they work with us and put this technology in to yeah. help their people will be happier, they'll be less burnt out, they'll be more productive, but that isn't the message that we want, that's not why we're doing this, we're sure. doing this to change people's lives. 
It's a good point. It, it, and it's, it, yeah, but it's, it's, it's slightly it's, naive of me. I mean, I'm, it's not naive at all. Well, maybe because I'm, I'm, I'm having real, as we all do when we get to a certain <laughs> age, I think, um, you kind of question, and especially what's going on politically and economically at the moment. You think, right, this got this capitalism thing. <laughs> there is a, I've said to a few people about this. There's a book by um, Yuval Noah Harari. Well, I can't quite, I can never quite say his name. Um, that talks about that talks about um, the development of our species, right? Just taking it through to, from from cavemen to to that, and how Homo sapiens um, outfought, outlived Neanderthals, and all that kind of stuff. And basically, <coughs> he 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 says, imagine I'm cutting this right down, but the imagination of, of, of Homo sapiens it was just greater. So they were able to imagine religion. They were able to imagine beliefs. Mm. Likewise. They imagine money and capitalism. It's a fig, it's a figment of humans' imagination. Doesn't really exist, right? Money doesn't really exist. Yeah. Money is just yeah, a way of tr- you know gets passed from person to. Do you know what I mean? It's a, and and that has got me. I will talk about it next <laughs> time, but, but that has got me really thinking about about the motivations for people making commercial decisions. And I think uh, you are right. Is it such a bad thing? The motivations of people are not the same as ours, but people's mental health is getting better. There are a couple of arguments in it. Does the outcome is the outcome more important than the way you go about it? Yeah. That kind of stuff. I mean, what, what one of the things we're looking mm. at just quickly is, mm. you know, creating a caring future of work is one of the the, the, the umbrella tagline, mis- tagline yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, mission, and you yeah. think, okay, it, and there's good financial sense to doing that. Yeah. But it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So if ultimately we're creating a more caring future of work, then I don't know what more the point of doing any of it. You've got you've, you you are right, yeah. Oh god. <laughs> um <laughs> anyway. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about you briefly. Yeah. Um so you this is genuine, right? I haven't said this to you before, so so I'm gonna land this one. <laughs> you genuinely fascinate me because you you're really into rock. Heavy. Yes, right? I am. And then and then you went in the ballet last week. Yes I did. Uh, you love that. I got retweeted by the English National Ballet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, tweet, my tweet saying I went to see a metalcore band one day and, uh, yeah. and Manon at the dance. Well, it's a ballet I've got into through my daughters. Yes, right. So Amelia and Madeline are 15 and 13 now. So they've been doing dancing since they were sort of four or five. Okay, yeah. And you sort of take them to, to dance school when they're yeah. little, and most kids sort of tend to sort of do it for a couple of years, two or three years. And then whereas sort of Amelia's, you know, so uh, so that's sort of I've never seen any ballet before no. then. What did you think of it? I absolutely loved it. Right. I really really enjoy it. Yeah. It's just uh, yeah, uh, just the music because it's played with a full um, the English National Ballet have their own orchestra that Joe Anderson as well. So it's you get that as well. Yeah. Um, it's great. But I, w- I mean I've always loved rock music. That's always been my thing ever since I was I don't know twelve or thirteen. So primary school, right? No, it was sort of ACDC, Iron oh. Maiden, Metallica, Crikey. Slayer. Slayer? There's a couple of guys um, I know who like Slayer. I love Slayer. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's morphed into more modern sort of metal. So, yeah. I mean, Architects, I love, they love me back to those. Yeah. They're just an amazing band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you if you listen to Architects and you're not really prepared, prepared for the for vocals, <laughs> you'll be going, what? But um, I mean, I'd like, me and a mate went to see Architects down in... Brighton, they did a for their last album. They did a 
sort of album launch show at, at Concourse Two. I think there was. So which is right on the seafront. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, I know. It's a fantastic yeah. venue. Yeah, I did a marathon down there. So and I, um, I met just we went down quite early, yeah. and the band was just finished sound checking, yeah. and uh, one of the band came out, and it sadly it was the it was the guy that ended up dying of Tensol, who yeah. who died of um, uh, skin cancer uh, about three or four years ago. So I just you know he was just there, and I got got a picture with him, and had a little chat to him, and he was like you know a really lovely guy. No one knew who he was. No, who was yeah, Paulie at that yeah. at that point at all? So yes, yeah, so, I mean that's that sort of stuff I love. But yeah. I, mean, I love more indie stuff as well. I'm gonna. I've got quite. A, I, I love live Spectrum, music. Yeah. I love going to see live music. Yeah. Like, it's just one of the one of my things that I've always. Um, I'm sort of mildly obsessed with Pearl Jam as well. They're my right, they're my yeah. they're my favourite band, and I went to see them in. In very lucky to go and see them in Europe this year. Yeah. So I think there's something about seeing bands. See, I I, I find that I, I think when it comes to different and more exciting about going to see bands in Europe. I, I it's different. Diff, they're completely different. Different atmosphere and it is much more of a <laughs> feels like I'm going on, on tour with football again. Yeah. On tour and that sounds very very nineteen eighties. But you know, you go to Seville or you go to Prague and you're like you're with your mates and, and there's not this underlying fear of violence with music as there was with, with football sometimes, you know? Yeah, although the it, I was quite taken aback by how rough it was down the front at the Pearl Jam gigs. Because you think, you go and see them. So I went went to see them in New York a few years ago, three yeah. or four years ago. And it's diff- a little bit different in America. Because mm. obviously the fans have all got a bit older. And mm. you sort of stand there and watch them in the States. Whereas, you know, I, went, I saw them in Krakow, um, Berlin. And Berlin, pretty, you know, it's like yeah. 1992 all over again. It was yeah. pretty rough down the front, yeah. 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 And you, but, yeah. But I mean, there's, some, there's something about... The lyrics are something about Eddie Vedder, yeah, yeah, and yeah. his altruistic, mm-hmm. caring mm-hmm. view of the world that he has that he espouses through his lyrics that really touch me and has and has helped me actually through the years mm. in a way that is you can't really explain. When you're talking <laughs> to someone because it just sounds a bit sounds no, a bit dark. Uh, no, but no, I mean, no, there's no, you know there's so. there's it's points in my point. life where I've just you know where that's really helped Helps. me like properly helped me and yeah. I think it yeah a lot of the guys that I and I've got a group of friends this is very sad a group of friends mm. that I only know through the, the band mm. that we sort of met up at gigs and we and we still go and you know meet up one guy from Holland and you know, a couple of guys in the UK so it's just you're, that's you're, really nice it's interesting you're right because this on the last podcast I put out I was talking to James about um, talk about football particularly and you know he was saying that creates anger and passion, but passion mainly. You know, you create passion and 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 it does give you an enormous highs and not so good moments sometimes. But you are together, and I think music. So I, 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 you know, everybody, I think, whether they admit it or not, has been helped by by music. I mean, for me, there's again really dark times. Weller. Paul Weller from Hate yeah. is, um, you know, yeah. he's he's dragged me out of many a, yeah. of many a bloody hole. And and as I've got older, and you do, don't you? You get into Bowie and people like that, and you know, you listen, and you you've got a bit more time to listen to the stuff, and you think, well, actually, God, this is, you know, and we're, we're certainly was younger. Oh, okay, Weller, well, he's he's, I mean, he's 10, 10, 15 years older than me, but God, he was a big thing. But yeah. um, oh right, he's talking about me. Uh, you know, there is a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And yeah. you do, 
you're just one of the few things that pretty much thought can take you to fantastic highs and, and it can just make you feel and that's what makes us that's what makes us human and kind of stuff yeah. and people we could talk forever and we will do it again actually <laughs> but i'm looking and we've done 38 minutes and i can't ask us uh, quickly i've got to watch that message from uh, Tim who listens to this. We'll talk about it quickly. He said, he said to me, he sent me a WhatsApp message. He said, well, that's 39 minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back again. Thanks, Tim. Great. Right. Um, uh, oh, come on then. Let's end up talking about so, your So, your, I, so your I'm passion. not a lifelong Bournemouth fan. No. So this, is it in, you'll know this as a football fan. Mm. There is a definitely, and I, I felt this internally massively, mm. this sort of suspicion of people that go and watch a team that haven't watched them all their lives. So I, so I, most Man United fans. Most, right? Man, most Man United yeah. fans. So, so and Man City now. So I obviously yeah. was a Weymouth. I was actually on the board at Weymouth. I don't know if you know that, but I didn't know that. Yeah, I was on the board at Weymouth for about eighteen months. So was that when they turned on through irregularities? No, it wasn't. <laughs> well, that happened. That's one of the reasons I left. But anyway, that's another. That's another podcast. <laughs> this guy came in. I was like, no, this isn't going to work. But anyway, um, so, so I didn't. I wasn't. I really missed watching live football. Mm. So I, I. Went down to Bournemouth a few times and thought, oh, this is really nice. And I actually thought this would be a nice, yeah. not too big, mm-hmm. not, <laughs> yeah. not Premier League, it's <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, you know, Bournemouth were in, league, were in League One at that point. And I actually went and the, the lovely lady in reception said, oh, you're a great running business at Stafford. Yeah. Let's go and sit in all the different bits of the ground. Wow. See where you, where you want your ticket to be. <laughs> See that now, they so think now, you're right. Now it's like, you know, you can't get. So I've, I've had a ticket for probably six or seven seasons now. Mm. Which just luckily coincided with. I mean, Eddie wasn't. Eddie had left to go to Burnley mm. when I got got my ticket. So it was um, uh, Lee Bradbury, and then it was uh, Paul Paul Grove, which wasn't very successful. And then Eddie came back, mm. and then it was just it's just been this amazing thing. And it's obviously all the guys that I sit around, I've sat around for a few years now, so I've, I've got some good notes from that. But it's just mm. this this Eddie Howe factor that mm. has just been an incredible. He is privileged to be excellent. part of, and it's yeah. just the way he is, and the way the team is, and the ethos, and the just everything is just it's just been really. They really seem well run, and and so one thing that it's a bit like my club. One <coughs> thing that is sometimes forgotten is that they, with with Bournemouth, they've got quite a lot of money behind them. That they they so they're not they're not yeah. quite as <laughs> they're not quite it's not quite as oh isn't it little old Bournemouth? They've got like a. Russian billionaire. Well, he's not him. a billionaire. Oh, he's, he's not a billionaire. This is a so this is fake news. <laughs> to quote Donald, Donald Trump, he is a multi-millionaire. Oh, okay. He is Sorry. not a billionaire. Okay. So I think well, they have got some American investors as well. They've oh, got okay. the same guys that I think they're involved in the Boston Red Sox or something. One of the. But anyway, so they've got this team that who I think own about a third of the club now okay. in the states. So that's helps. Um, but you know, th- they're not. Um, They've invested a lot. Of, they've invested the right amount of money at the right time, I think. Mm. But um, they, d- they couldn't have done it without. He's a great manager, right? He's he's and, and hopefully he'll stay there for for a bit longer. And my we've had this conversation. My cover going through all these very exciting changes. But I I don't miss live football. You see, I might I might go when the new stadium's done. I'll probably pop down there and 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 have a look around and you know. But they are my local team. They're four miles, four, four miles from there. So. Yeah, when you get the when you get touch wood, touch wood, our our guy will stay there quite a while. We get the right person in charge and the right environment at the right time, which I think you've got. Yeah, I think all Bournemouth have got. It meshes together. 
and, and I think if you're, if you're strong enough to go through the good times and the bad times together, then ultimately you will. There's different levels of success, right? Because let's be honest, football is not a fair sport anymore. No. If you've got, you know, sorry, football talk really quickly. <laughs> Guardiola's a great manager, no doubt, but me and you could take Manchester City into the top four with a billion pounds. You know, we'd probably pay someone to come in and train them, but we'd buy the players. So, um, but I think what people like, like your manager's doing and one or two others, you think, well, actually, and in other sports, right? In, in, in other sports, you know, in cricket, there's a couple of teams in cricket that have really, really worked their way through without having tons of money. Yeah. Rugby, you know, Scotland, I support Scotland when it comes to rugby. They're always punching above their weight. Yeah. So you get the, the right person, and, and like business, you get the right person in the right t- position at the right time who trusts in their team and gets the right people, then it can kind of look after itself a little bit. Yeah. Right? I, st- I still think, I know he's got a lot of credit at the hour, but I still don't think he quite gets the credit no. for what he's done. There's, there are so many different factors. Mm. The age that they're all pre- predominantly young players, yeah. predominantly English yeah. players. Um, Yes, we you know we've like spent twenty five million on Preston Learners, but he's come in and done an amazing job. But but it's just yeah. It <sighs> Steve Happy, the six, right? Six or seven. Si- the start of the season is, is the best season, the yeah. best side performance I've ever had. I think people are saying it. In fact, I said this to you at the start of the season. You're like, you don't be too cocky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because well, you know I, I support. You don't want to get carried away. <laughs> you never when so just the final bit. So when in pre-season, but I didn't go during holiday in France, but. When you're 3-0 up after 20 minutes against Olympic Marseille in your last pre-season game, yeah. who the previous year got to the Europa League final, yeah, you, you, to and you end up winning 5-1, yeah. 5-0, I think it was 5-1, yeah. you think that, yeah. that, and I think a few people at that point were like, okay, this They're going to be okay. Yeah. It's a bit special this year, even given you know what's happened with the rest of the Spain match. It's good fun. Bournemouth to and I'm not saying it's Arsenal, by the way. Is it? Oh, well, I hope it you is. win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I hope you win 5 1 there. That would be great. Um, yeah, no, yeah, no more football talk because people will. I'll put, I'll put a warning in at the beginning. I will go. Football talk starts after about 30, yeah. 36 minutes. You can piss off after this. Um, thank you. It's great. Hopefully, people have got something from it. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, people know how passionate I am about about mental health and well-being in, in, in everyone really and in the workplace and a lot of people have heard me talk about about the setup and the business so um, I think it'll be good for them hopefully to have a to hear you and speak to you and you'll probably meet a lot of them over the next over the next year or so hopefully as well I know you've met some of them already so um, thanks for coming no, over. Thanks Dave it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Okay. So, uh, so that was it. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. A little bit longer than the first episode. Um, hope you, you you found a little bit more uh, out about People Matter and about what we're trying to do. Um, hopefully, um, there were a few little. Um, I certainly found it interesting listening to Nigel. A couple of things I didn't know about Nigel in terms of um, starting up and 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 selling a couple of his previous businesses and the and the challenges that that brings and. Um, going through it all again he's 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 putting himself through it again um this time for a product um uh, that is incredibly close to his heart and i think probably knowing knowing you guys um uh, quite close to all of you and um i hope we we managed to get across a a little bit about 
about why we're doing it and also you, you find a little bit more about Nigel I'm sure quite a lot of you will will meet Nigel over the coming coming year or so like I said in the in, 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 in the uh, in the chat so that's it thank you again for listening um, another one will be out hopefully in the next couple of weeks we've got a few people lined up um, all from different areas but all of which all of which have a listen to the to the podcast um, thanks also for continuing to read my newsletter I'm very flattered by it and <laughs> thanks as always for some of the feedback and comments I get it's really good I hope um, you all stay well I hope uh, you uh, you and your your loved ones are all all good and um, getting yourself prepared for the forthcoming Yuletide celebrations because it's coming up rapidly um, I'll leave you now I'll let you get on with your lives um, you've all got much better things to do so thanks again for downloading or clicking or subscribing or whatever and I will speak to you all or see you all soon cheers take care